You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a partnership between Shondaland Audio and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast, your exclusive peek behind the curtain of Shondaland's Bridgerton series. Before we meet our guests this week, here's a brief recap of episode 207, Harmony. As Violet Bridgerton plans a ball, Antony aims to give up his Viscount duties to Benedict. But when the time comes to party, no one but the Sharmas arrive. That doesn't stop the dancing or the fun, both inside the Bridgerton house and in the garden. Joining host Gabrielle Collins this week is Cheryl Dunier, director of episodes 207 and 208. Plus, a little later, Nicola Coughlin, a.k.a. Penelope Featherington, joins us to break down the heartbreaking Penelope confrontation. Cheryl Dunier, director, episode 207 and 208. We are so excited and honored to have you in this cyberspace with us right now. Out of respect for your time and just, you know, jumping right in. You're closing out the season. There's all this stuff and then it all comes together in like major themes like family and sisterhood. And I would love if you could paint the picture for us, your first moments with the script, anything that really spoke to you or jumped out. I looked at all the other episodes and I looked at my episode, my block, and I was like, do I have to do all the sex? <laughs> Is all the sex coming in my block? <laughs> I'm the big Penelope's breakup. And you know, I was like, what is going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I realized that I had a lot going on in my block, right? The, the couple coming together, almost dying. You know, mm. you know, this whole breakup between Penn and Eloise. And so that's what I looked at. I was like, okay, oh, we're not playing here. I'm, I'm dealing with it, right? I mean, you're going to wrap it all up. Let's go, right? So I, you know, I, I take it as an adventure, as, as it's written. I was excited, you know, really. Yeah. You know, dealing with you know, the performances that were given by, you know, some of the cast around, you know, these parts, it just, you know, blew me away. It's just ridiculous. So I read all the scripts and I saw all the shows. And I think the scripts, especially around the, the world of Bridgerton, they're a text in their own, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think, think about a novel, 
the, the text itself. The script is different. There's different characters. There's different segues, worlds, the way it's adapted. You know, the, the people who are cast in it, the, you know, all these sort of things are different. And then what you get on the screen is a whole, whole different thing. But I do consider a script an interstitial text. And um, thus, Bridgerton was one where the texts were great. Oh, they're amazing, amazing writing. When Bridgerton first came out, it was all about it being an escapist kind of experience. It's this whimsical, glittery, fascinating world to get lost in. And this season, I felt like the whimsy was a backdrop. I felt like we saw past that veil of, you know, like lace and glitter and and really got into the heart of like what makes these people who just happen to be very wealthy and among this very elite, like the ton human still in spite of all of that pretty stuff, you know? Um, Especially, you know, this second season and the, I mean, I think the one thing that rings true with Bridgerton is it's salacious, delicious, (laughs) romantic, and, you know, just captivating page by page. You're just, kind of, you know, soaking it in and just moving through it. Bringing Bridgerton back to audiences for season two, your creative decisions visually, and what you bring to the experience, because you have such a long mosaic of filmmaking experiences. So, like, I would not have thought of you and Bridgerton. You know, the whole team led by Tom Verica as our producing director, one of the executive producer from Shondaland, who directed many of the episodes. Um, he really, he was there last season. He's, you know, on this season. He's actually doing Queen Charlotte. He's, you know, on next season. We have a longstanding relationship. I, I know him from the Ava DuVernay world and, and whatnot. Mm. He was like, yeah, uh, I, I think you, you're the perfect person for this. And I was like, oh, Yes, <laughs> it is very exciting. And Tom, he really gets it. He had he has clarity. And he has voice with it. And so when he brought me on to the show, I think all the work that I've done, I mean, from the Watermelon Woman, which is about a romance, from the you know looking at a, a, a lens of of diversity and inclusion and queerness and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I think that my work has sort of led up to this moment where. Um, dealing with a historical, which I love, dealing with an archive, which I love, and doing with a living archive is another thing that I love. And that's really what Bridgerton is about, the, a, a living love archive of something that, you know, can be imagined, reimagined, and, and it changes people. That's my intersectionality of, of this, uh, you know, of the Bridgerton world and me. That is such, I'm so glad you went there because... Because it's in your face and you're like, oh, this is like an like an obvious bring it out in the conversation. Did you see any of those articles that questioned if there was queer baiting in Bridgerton and that there was not any no strong storyline that represented or was inclusive of that? And did you have any strong perspective on that? You know, there was two things to go to that one. I mean, I got what I got of it. And I know like. A lot of queer people worked on the show. I mean, that's another thing, right? So that's one thing to say. Yeah. I'll give you an old, old story from Baby Cheryl. Okay. When I, as a young work, you know, I was in college, Philadelphia, Temple University, me and my little group of, you know, 
queers, black lesbians, and the like, whatever we were. Spike Leaves come to the town. And Lord, every black woman in Philly, where I was living at the time, was like up in, you know, it was all there was. And Spike Lee was like, everybody was upset about Nola. Like, why did he do her like that? And da 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 and all of this and all of that. And so Spike came, he had a little Q&A afterwards. I remember it completely. There's a line of black women that ready to stand at the microphone to ask him a question. Somebody asked the first question. And of course, sister gets up there and goes like, why did you do Nola like that? Why are you right now? Her representation is da 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 And um, Spike goes, you know what? If you want to make a film that you know answers all these issues, make your own film. That was his mind. Next. And people were like, oh, no, he did. And I was sitting there like, no, he Yes, he did. Go make your own film. If you want to talk about these things, go make your own film. Yeah. And I did. So that's, you know, that's the other side of it. When when it's not there for you, make your own. <laughs> he He's the one who said to me, in, indirectly, go make your own cinema. Go make your own stories if you want to write about queer people. If you want to make somebody who's, you know out or whatnot or whatever the person was asking and and like it was like sort of the last kicker i needed before i did you know she, she don't fade or janine or some of the shorter works that i was doing yeah and that's what i would say about the world of 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 bridgerton you know and if people feel that there's not enough on the page well, let's let's make let's make our own pages and I, I think that's what lovely enough right now this moment of of us having to media being our main moment of consumption and that you know so much media is being sort of you know made is that uh you can go out and pitch a show and uh or, or tiktok or whatever you want <laughs> right <laughs> and uh or a podcast like this and have your own show yeah but yeah i can understand people wanting more the moment of seeing there's a problem instead of complaining it's an opportunity right and i think that one thing is how to turn um you know, these moments that, you know, Bridgeton does not offer enough or go dig deeper. Go dig deeper. There's not like, where's the queer story here? I would say the Penelope's relationship is queer in itself <laughs> to me. To a lot of people. Right. Right. And what do you see when they break up? Oh, they I said, you know, just just go for it. Um, they were like, you know, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. I said, do it. <laughs> We'll be back after the break with Nicola Coughlin as we dive into the Penelope's relationship and breakup. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome back. Let's get into all things Penelope's with Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope Featherington. I feel like you make such a, like, splash. Yeah. And I think this is why I love Penelope so much. One, I just love what you, what Nicola brings to Penelope. For me, at least, she's just the most relatable. I feel like I get Penelope. (laughs) It's funny because, you know, I get so many messages from fans of the show being like, she's so sweet. And she's I'm like, I don't know how sweet you're going to find her at the end of the series. <laughs> Penelope is, you know, like, hey, you're not being completely truthful about Theo and like, you know, going to this side of town and reading these things and getting into the women's rights movement. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. your character is withholding so much from Claudia's character. She's such a hypocrite. I was like, this is terrible. I think, you know, she's that, that thing about Penelope is like, it's like hurt people hurt people. And she, you know, I think has justified a lot to herself by being like, well, I'm treated like terribly by my family, by society, and I'm so overlooked and I'm going to do this. But then I think lets that go too far and excuses far too much of herself and sort of thinks she can keep Eloise in line when Eloise is her own person. And, you know, you know, and it's also, it's also comes from a selfish thing because she thinks, well, Eloise is going to blow this up for me. So I'm going to try and stop it. And I'm going to try and, you know, yeah. And it, 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 it was difficult to film. And then, you know, that final scene, that was like really hard. The breakup? <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Like it was, we wondered whether it was headed that way um, because there was, a, I think, I'm not sure if, if the line might've been cut. But it was a line, I think, episode two, where Penelope goes, you cannot lie to me. And I was like, that feels like a, like a strange thing to say. So I, I questioned it. Mm. And then they were like, no, that's important. Mm. And I said, Claudia, do you think she finds out? Like, do you think she finds out? And we were like, uh, and we both were like, I feel sick, I feel sick. This is so bad. But the truth, you know, does always come out. But then just Penelope just responds like so hideously in the moment. Like, it's, it's not good. <laughs> Hearing you repeat all that gossip tonight, it struck me. Because I've never heard you like that. You might have said those kinds of things before, but tonight was the first time I, in fact, heard you say them. It sounded so familiar. Your words. Not just the content or subject, but the pattern. It sounded written, almost. Why do you think that is? Because you've been reading too much whistle down. I knew what was required in that scene and I knew 
like it's such an enormous moment in the whole series mm-hmm. that it was like stressful and I remember we did it in the read-through um on zoom and it was very emotional both Claudia and I were crying and then wow you know working towards it I was like oh god okay like you know you just want to do it just because when the writings like it was written so brilliantly that I was like I really want to make sure I do this right and it's gonna it's gonna mean a lot and also the series going forward this moment's gonna be very important so I kind of yeah I was stressed about it and then you know we went in and did the rehearsal and you know it went really well in the rehearsal and then like the first couple of takes it just like didn't happen I was like this is not where I need to be I was not I think I was like frozen and then there was a certain I don't you do, we did a, like a lot of takes of that scene a lot of takes and then at a certain moment it just clicked and it got to where it needed to be and it was like and we both really and then Claudia is such a generous actor that you know she really gives you back like you you really feel it between you but yeah there was one moment where it just got and it was like and everyone clapped I was like oh my god that never happens I said <laughs> I was like okay I think I did a good job also because Claudia and I have a real genuine friendship as well so it's like hard to film that you're just like I just want them to like not not fight even that like tiny fight they had it's like not the season one fight's like small fights compared to like this is like terrible this is like it's catastrophic yeah the thing is we knew like that was always coming because you can't keep lying to people. <laughs> mm, I don't know how to take it. Right. I mean, I just wish I were a fly on the wall. <laughs> yes. Could you let us in a little more on what directing those moments looked and sounded like? Nicola's on point. All right. You know, she created that Penelope, right? So there was, you know, already the juice was already, you know, the cup was poured, the cup was full. So being able to pull those two apart and for them to have suspicions, for for them to kind of keep secrets to each other, for them to kind of play it up and down was amazing. And then on the other side, I must say that, you know, Claudia, I, I, I felt like I didn't get enough time with both Claudia or Nicola because they're just both amazing. You know, they were just, they knew they, they they're on time, gave it their all. I, I was just a friend the, with them and I just wanted to do, have more, more of that, more of, my, more of that narrative, more of that time. But when I unleashed them again, when I said, you know, this is Betty Davis, <laughs> this is Joan Crawford going at it. When you guys are breaking up, go for it. And they were just, they had like boxers in the corner. They were ready. I do a little dance with them first to kind of show them where I want the blocking and stuff like that. And they were just like, yeah, just let's go. Let's let it go. <laughs> like, so really exciting. It was one of the most exciting. The other exciting storyline that I got to deal with was this, the two of them. I'm so sorry. You were right about all of it. I was trying to protect Is you. Is that what you were doing? By writing about me in your latest sheet? By telling the entire world about things I trusted you it in? It was the only way I could convince the Queen it wasn't you. It was the only way I could save you. The only person you were interested in saving was yourself. Eloise gets near-damning evidence that Penelope is Lady Whistledown, but she's not excited about it like maybe the audience is and maybe even Penelope had hoped. Do we think Penelope would have wanted Eloise to be more like, oh my gosh, my best friend is Lady Whistledown? Like, do you feel like she had a little bit of vanity there, a little bit of ego there? And is, was that part of the direction? This part of the direction, part of the story that was written, A, number one, that's on the page. But number two, I think, you know, there was so much for Eloise going on, you know? I mean, as the Bridgerton, you know, uh, so it's more of a, 
it's a Bridgerton story, as somebody who was forming a relationship with somebody that she had to give up because of, you know, uh, the suspicion of being uh, Lady Whistledown herself. Um, she was truly hurt. So I think the pain that they both felt ran really deep, you know? And I think that, like, that's that's what happens in friendships, too, is, like, what, you know, how easy it is to make up with somebody who hurts you deeply. It's really interesting because, and that's what I've, I've always said it about Shondaland shows, is they allow women to be imperfect. Mm. And, yeah, they're not always going to do things that you're rooting for it allows them to make mistakes but it's not there's no black and white there's no goodies and baddies there's like human beings living human lives and making the errors we all make that you can't try and like morally reason with it like you know like we do I did say like Claudia and I go oh god she's lying a lot but then I have to go okay why what, what like why why is she doing it I think she feels very wronged in a lot of life and she doesn't speak out in the moment Mm -hmm. so she's like I'm gonna get my revenge by writing about these people and doing this and you see her family just being so like rude to her and you know demeaning and it's just not nice so then she's like well I'll wield my power in in this way but then I think yeah she does let that go too far too far and then she like snaps back at the person she loves the most in the world as we always do as we always do exactly and I think you know she's unlike her family members but then she's still a member of that family so you learn you know, there's nature and nurture. There's going to be a certain level of, you know, Portia Featherington in her ear that's going to come out of her mouth at a certain point. Oh. And it's like she knows how to snap back when she needs to. And it's not nice, but she but she does do it. I wrote what I wrote and I gave it up for you. I do not even know you. I look at you now and all I feel is pity for sequestered here in this very room, writing your secret little scandal sheet, tarnishing everyone in town because you are too scared to stand up for yourself in reality. You are something, Penelope. An insipid wallflower indeed. At least I did something. All you ever do is talk about doing something. You have all these great ambitions, these great plans, but I am the one who actually did something great and you cannot stand it, can you? But what do you think that makes you? Yeah, I did try and I watched her a lot this season. I tried to integrate some of Portia into Penelope this time around because I feel like a certain part of Lady Whistledown is Portia Featherington. Mm. And how, like, you know, she can be sharp and she's a smart woman. And I know what Polly says about her, like, you could easily see her as this sort of villain, but she, it, essentially she's a woman doing her best with what she has because she's, you know, she's got these three daughters that she has to get married off. Her husband sort of gambled away their money and then she's left to the mercy of another man coming in. So she's doing what she needs to do. You know, can, can we blame her for that? But yeah, I certainly tried to incorporate certain things and there was certain like little mannerisms that Polly had that I would watch and go, okay. In my humble opinion, that's brilliant. That's freaking brilliant. <laughs> that's um, that's so good. I love that. I've said it a lot of times, but I often think of Lady Whistledown as sort of a drag persona for Penelope. Hmm. Like I'm always, I love drag, and I always I'm fascinated by you know drag queens who you know as boys are like quite shy and reserved, and then come out and they're this most fabulous woman, and they 
you know, the way they can embody this character. And for me, I was like, it's sort of a similar thing. She just puts on this outfit and she can go, yeah, I'm a boss. I can do this. And I can, and, you know, her mother's like this strong woman. And I think she watches that and she learns from that and goes, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, cosplay as that. And like, <laughs> you know, faking it till you make it. That A lot of us do that a lot of the time. So yeah, all that stuff was like very helpful to me for finding like how to sort of play that side of her. I will keep a large share of the money to support myself and my young ladies. And I had Mrs. Varley forge a signature on a document stating that as soon as one of my girls has a son, the estate shall pass to them. Varley has excellent penmanship, you see. The child, of course, will be infuriated to discover that you've run away with all the money that you tricked out of their trusting hands. Oh, you're welcome to try to explain it to them now that they're all gathered here. You are cruel. I am a mother. And you're not leaving any worse off than when you arrived. With nothing. I mean, do you know what? Like, those final episodes were sort of the hardest to film because there was just a lot of emotional turmoil. And I think it was, for me, someone who had hidden so much and buried so much. And she never had true control over the things she was doing. And also, it should be like a real lesson to Penelope. It's very interesting where it sets her up to go in season three. Because I feel like this season you see her as she thinks she's got it all figured out and you see she really doesn't I feel like this whole season is the pride comes before a fall season mm. for her <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what people are going to hold on for for the next season uh how they you know get together and I I know a little bit about it I, I can't tell you you gotta watch the next season but you gotta watch this season and enjoy everyone just enjoy we'll be back with more right after the break are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. When I think of you, I think the word complexity comes to mind because I also associate you with documentary work. I was wondering if you got to work with the historian or was part of your prep going through some of the historical elements of the era and uh, like Queen Charlotte. Again, I love an archive, you know, and I love I love trying to find myself in an archive. So, you know, the world of Bridgerton set in the early, you know, 19th century was not one that was filled with people that looked like me or narratives that way. There is Queen Charlotte and there, there are stories of others, but they're not documented, right? They're not written. They might be told as tales. I mean, and so what I really started thinking about Bridgerton and, and what really happened, you know, this season was thinking about the empire and its reach. And you know, I'm talking about the British Empire, the extent of which they, you know, marked the world and changed the world, right? So that's really what we're seeing in Bridgeton. And, and that's sort of the history that I jumped into, you know, the East India Trading Company, the West India Trading Company, you know, where the British Empire had its feet. And so they started digging into that to help with the story, um, especially the East India Trading Company and thinking about what relationships, and I'll, I'm just using the term, uh, it's Southeast Asia, but I'll use the term India, um, the relationship between, you know, the British Empire and and its foothold in, in India. Mm-hmm. And sort of that's where the narrative came from. So that's where I started to, to think about things. So that really helped make some plausibility around what my episodes were about because it, you know, deals with this romance between, um, you know, the eldest Bridgerton and a wonderful young, beautiful woman from India. Yeah. And so I just kind of went with that, trying to find stories. But I stopped, you know, at a certain point. I said, you know, let me just deal with what Shonda and, you know, the team of Bridgerton was providing because it's, again, it's it's a it's a... A train that I jumped on. Yeah. It was already, uh, people's decisions were already made. It was a family that I, I was walking into and becoming a part of. So um, I, I just turned to all the family members and, and they just kind of embraced me. You know, designers and yeah, just everybody, you know, costumes, wardrobe, hair, the actors. I mean, it's such a family. And uh, so I, I relied on, on, on speaking with them and becoming close with them to get, get all the the background that I needed to make my episode much more real. <laughs> the other directors, everybody who worked on the show from a PA to, you know, a designer, uh, I, I was able to have a heart to heart, Zoom to Zoom and mask to mask friendly chat with. Working with Tom Verica. Last time he was like making sure everyone felt comfortable and understood like the sense of longing was important. And this time he just kept saying like trust was such an important part of working with the cast. Yeah, he's really genuinely so great. When people come to set, they go, oh, you just film and then it's done. You're like, no, it's like it could be like 25 days of like the same thing. 
his kids were in um an episode in season one yeah it was really funny they were they were extras in a scene running around and, and his son was like super bored and he said to him can you just get it right this time <laughs> like one of the takes his son was maybe about i want to say like nine or ten. Oh or my something. gosh but yeah just someone that like you know harbors like a good atmosphere on a set is invaluable because mm-hmm. I mean you're all working so hard and then to get to like enjoy it and you know leave feeling like you know you really come to something had a good day he just always creates that atmosphere he's just great yeah, this is a diverse world right but the inclusion of everybody in at the table of these things is, is such a different way I'm, I'm learning how to use that myself I mean, and I think that's something to be said from my experience on this show is like the cast is beautiful. You know, the, the story is beautiful. Everybody's at the table um, and you're not even thinking about it. You're, you're, you're swept away with the story. I mean, you're, you, you, you forget that, you know, Lady Danbury. Oh, she doesn't let you forget. <laughs> but but, but Adjua especially, she's such a wonderful actor. Um, but that she, you know, where she came from and who she is. Right. Again, the queen. <laughs> Golda being Queen Charlotte, just like such, you know, she didn't have to nail it in, you know, at all. So sometimes the lightest touch and you have to let let people uh, have space, audiences have space to digest and interpret and be entertained. And I think that's really what, you know, this season of Bridgerton is about. This is a reimagining of something that's very not what it is on screen right now. You know, I watched it during the pandemic and, you know, in a day or two with my you know, wife and we were just Ooh, giddy 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 you know just something to kind of tear us away from something but when I got to work on the show there's so much more to it and I think these friendships and these love affairs and these lightly touching on some issues around you know race and class just you know ever so much I mean this is the Shonda world so you know it's nothing that you want to wear on your sleeve, but we are a parent of it. You know, we, we realize what, what these things are. And I realized that the Shonda touch here and, and the way Shonda deals with inclusion, the inclusion of everybody in, at the table of these things. In my journey as a, a creator, a writer, director, performer, um, you know, producer, whatever, is that, you know, sometimes the lightest touch, um, you don't have to hammer some things in. The beauty of it, actually, is that it is front and center without the big label that's on it. Even Will and, and you know, his wife, Alice, I mean, their world. It's so interesting. When I was working with um, Martins, who, who plays Will, who, who runs the, the, the bar, and there's a couple scenes in there where he's dealing with Jack Featherington. And he's a former boxer, and there's a storyline about his boxing coming up, and Jack trying to kind of dig him into a a point of his pain and and trying to spark up violence in him. You know, that angry black person, you know. It's like right there, but they don't, it's right there. there. (laughs) But what I told him as an actor is, and this is something that I really understand, like where I've grown as an actor is like, sure, it's written on the page. It says, go for it, you know, be the angry. And I think he was ready to do that. And I said, you know what? He said, notes, any notes, boss. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, play this one with your intellect, not your not your fear, not your, you know, your body. Play this as an intellectual, an intellectual to an intellectual. And he, the take that I got from, I mean, I think they mix it in a little bit, but he played as an intellectual, and the the performance was completely genius. Uh, but my cousin did keep a meticulous records of all debts and uh, wages. 
I just came across a rather significant one myself. I do not wish to defend myself against baseless accusations. And I do not wish you to do so. I respect a self-made man, no matter what means he uses to make himself. There are these stereotypes of, you know, black men being, you know, physical and always angry and da 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 da. So, you know, if, if I'm able to then play with these tropes mm -hmm. or these stories and, you know, inclusion and, you know, all our hate and pain and, and whatnot we have about television and having it, you know, include queerness and blackness and all POC-ness and everything like that. Um, it's not to play it as angry. It's actually to play it as intellectual and to say, like, I'm not going to become up here screaming like that. I'm beyond the screaming, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough not to do it. And he yeah. did this and it was, the, everybody was like, how did you get him to do, what did you do? I was like, I just told him not to be like an angry black man that everybody told him to be. Yeah. Don't take the obvious choice. Don't take the obvious choice. He might look at, might read it on the page, give him something else to do, give him a different take. So he just lit up as an act. He just lit up and he was just like, what else? Oh my God, I can't believe this. We only have like two or three scenes together. I want to work with you more and more. I mean, you you actually flipped it for me. Wow. And I like being able to have an imprint on an actor of his stature, you know, in a whole other, you know, universe of acting to me was something that was amazing. I mean, I love the show and I loved my time there, but being able to touch actors in other worlds than just sort of the American, you know, cable subscription world, you know, in the North America. Mm. It's, it's like, it was so great to be able to see that my, my, my acting style and my relationships to talent and my relationship to story relate to a whole other, you know, world. And um, I felt, I felt really good about that. Do you welcome or get tired of being asked about activism in your interviews? I do not because they don't ask me about that much more. Uh -huh. <laughs> they only ask me about the watermelon woman. You know, that's, that's the only thing that everybody asks me about. They don't ask me about like what activist duty and job I'm doing and what I've done. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think that the watermelon woman is my activism, right? And, and making sure that it's alive and its legacy is open for anybody to empower themselves is my activism. And it was made in that fashion to keep this woman alive for 25 years that that, you know, going on 25 years now, that baby alive. It was like not, not easy to keep that one alive, but she's she's alive and kicking. You know, that's my activism is making sure that 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 she lives and then being able to support others. And being able to step aside and let others come in and do their work. You know, that's what I do. And I'm not always asked about how I, how I do my thing. But thank you for asking. It's so obvious why you close out the season of Bridgerton. Snaps. 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 Like, Snaps. It makes sense. It makes total sense. Miss Cheryl Dunier, thank you so much. Thank you for Bridgerton. Thank you for Watermelon Woman. <laughs> yes, Gabrielle. <laughs> and thank you for your time. Is there anything maybe that you just would like to talk about and just kind of like a bigger picture kind of takeaway? It, yeah, it was definitely more challenging than season one, but in an exciting way. And also the world of Bridgerton, we know is it will, you know, the love stories pass on. So it's interesting thinking about Penelope then becoming the leading lady. Like it's quite, it's quite wild to me. Mm. But like then that's a new challenge. And I think 
you know, this job should always be challenging. I would hate to go into work and be like, oh, another day of this. Yes. But I feel like it's exciting because there's so much more. Wow. It's going to, it's that, and that terrifies me. But yeah. Thank you. Like, this was so, <laughs> so awesome. This is a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this deep dive into the world of Bridgerton. Join Gabrielle and guests as the rewatch continues next week with episode 208, featuring Simone Ashley, Jonathan Bailey, and Cheryl Dunier. If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. And if you haven't finished binging Bridgerton on Netflix, please go do that so you can enjoy all of the juicy spoilers with us. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Holman, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince Dijoni. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.